0: This is the story of a report that escaped the usual fate, sitting on red in a dusty drawer, but instead caught on fire, garnering widespread public attention and prompting changes to our healthcare system that reverberate today. Welcome to Advancing Health, a podcast from the American Hospital Association. I'm Tom Hederle, Senior Writer with AHA. In November 1999, the Institute of Medicine, which is now the National Academy of Medicine, released a report titled, To Air is Human, Building a Safer Health System. It drew attention to some serious deficiencies in our healthcare system, noting that thousands died each year in U.S. hospitals because of preventable medical harm. To err as human spurred hospitals, health systems, and other care providers to review their methods and procedures and identify ways to improve upon issues of quality and patient safety. In this podcast, two AHA experts assess the report's impact on healthcare today, 20 years after its release. Dr. Jay Bodd is Senior Vice President and Chief Medical Officer for the association. Robin Begley is Chief Executive Officer of the American Organization for Nursing Leadership, that's AONL, and Senior Vice President and Chief Nursing Officer with AHA. Let's pick up with Robin addressing this question. What has been the most important advance in safety in the two decades since the report's release?
1: You know, as I think broadly, as nurses and physicians, you know, when we graduated from our From our schools and our programs, we all took an oath to do no harm. And despite our best intentions, looking back to 1999 and the release of the IOM report, it was a wake-up call. And all of us saw that while we came to work with great intentions, that there was a lot of work to be done. In 99, I was a new chief nurse, so I had been in practice for about 15 years. There was not always, at that point in time, consistent safety processes in place. And there were many variables in the way we delivered care. So protocols for certain conditions and what I used to call order sets Um could and would vary. So, for example, the way we would care for a new mom with a Foley catheter after a cesarean section may differ from the way we would care for another mom with the exact same you know, delivery time and uh, Foley catheter placement. So, the timing of the removal might vary greatly, but at the time in back 20 years, we really didn't question the differences in practice. So, I think in response to the reports call to action, you know, hospitals and health systems really saw that they needed to thoroughly examine their policies and processes to ensure that there was evidence-based and a systematic approach to address, you know, quality and safety. And the Two Errors Human Report certainly was the thing that was the impetus for us to take on this work. To me, I would say the biggest advancement is transparency and a culture of care and safety. This encourages the whole team, the nurses, the physicians, and all the other members of our care team to come forward with concerns so we can learn from our near misses and errors and prevent them from happening again. This realization that we are on a continuous journey to improve is you know, so key to us making hospitals and healthcare organizations the absolute safest they can be. I also think the care in the past 20 years has become even more increasingly complex. And the realization that we are, you know, healthcare delivery is a team sport is really critical to enhancing our culture
0: of safety. Terrific. Jay, while at AHA, you've led some wonderful projects to improve safety and quality of care. Often, this is involved highlighting successful strategies from one hospital and helping other hospitals to adopt them. So what are some of the most important lessons learned from this work so far to spread safety?
2: I appreciate Robin's comments on the progress we've made. And one of the important elements that uh, we've learned is Contributes to progress is the collaboration among the interprofessional team. And so in the same way that Robin and I work together around physicians and nursing collaborations, we've seen that happen in America's hospitals and health systems and be a real driver to promoting and advancing a culture of safety uh, and coordination and communication and transparency. We know that it is a team sport, as Robin said, and making it easier for caregivers to work in the team effectively has been one of the elements that has led to success. The other is, I think, leadership commitment. And we've seen from our hospital health system leaders, they are really doubling down on efforts related to high reliability and a culture of safety. And we're seeing this by investments being made by organizations and efforts related to this by a whole set of teams that have been asked to come together around this, the prominence that it's played in board discussions. And so you see board committees related to quality and safety, as well as uh, the work that's being done to learn from near misses and mortalities that may have happened. And we know that one avoidable harm is one too many, and more works to be done. So I think some of these collaborative efforts have further reduced infections, including sepsis, which is a, a challenging issue. The responsible reduction of the use of opioids to protect patients from potential addiction, as well as reducing the use of antibiotics to preserve their effectiveness against deadly diseases. And we've seen just uh, the work on antibiotic stewardship in partnership with the CDC really uh, help the field adopt some of the core elements of a process to improve stewardship. And we've also, through our equity of care campaign, working to address the persistent disparities in care by connecting quality and safety efforts to the issues related to equity in care and so whether it's um, language translation services being part of the safety huddle or looking systematically at the data across a period of time on a set of clinical issues, we're seeing real uh, strides made in reducing uh, inequities in care. And Then our field is partnering with other stakeholders to redouble efforts related to better health for mothers and babies um, from the first days of pregnancy through the postpartum period. You know, and I, I would say that one of the areas uh, that's really seen an impact is catheter-associated urinary tract infections and catheter-associated bloodstream infections. Yale, you know, uh, New Haven is uh, one example, and there are many others across the country where the rates of catheter-based infection have decreased by up to 81%. And so... <laughs> The approach has challenged uh, interdisciplinary norms and to create a culture shift, a program was shaped to promote shared accountability rather than assign blame, and so I think that's one of the approaches that certainly helped. The other is Team Steps, which the HA has been active in advancing, and in this effort we're, we're impacting communication and coordination. And there's evidence uh, that has shown Team Steps to be an appropriate and impactful effort uh, related to quality. And I would say, as I mentioned earlier, our work on the Hospital Engagement Network uh, and the Hospital Improvement Innovation Network in partnership with CMS has really been impactful in reducing errors, saving lives, and, and most importantly, um, taking costs out of the system in terms of putting that back into the system for further investment in quality and safety. And then our most recent approach to the care of older adults or age-friendly health systems initiative now that started with uh, 26 pioneer sites of care and five health system organizations, Ascension, Trinity, Kaiser, Providence, St. Joseph, and Arundel has uh, expanded to 350 sites of care, 42 states, and that we're seeing really incredible results on reducing delirium and dementia, improving mobility, reducing medication side effects uh, and adverse events, and incorporating the patient and family's perspectives into the care plan. So I think a lot has been done. We're learning from this and we're continuing to move the needle and advance our effort.
0: Based on your conversations with safety leaders from across the country, what critical changes do they believe uh, should be made right now to improve patient safety?
2: So I think that one of the challenges is that the health systems uh, and hospitals are being asked to transform while performing. And so this notion of how do we continue to do the important work of caring and delivering care across settings while also transforming to meet the evolving dynamics of today and the future. And so I think... One is this consistent work related to high reliability, so continuing to refine and strengthen the approach to the best care uh, and the right care to every patient, every time. And we've seen great examples of that, both at the hospital health system level and even uh, with our state hospital association partners who have been real important partners in our work on performance improvement. They're doing really interesting work in, in supporting hospitals in their state. Two, I'd say um, that leadership commitment uh, is continuing to be really important, and so understanding what's happening in, in one system, continuing to invest in quality and safety initiatives, and having conversations with the key stakeholders, both that are delivering care and having them be real innovators and and help inform changes, as well as uh, conversations with administrative leaders, clinical leaders, and the board, and then. One of the other areas that's certainly emerging is in the midst of all that's happening, how do we make it easier to do the right thing? So our four M's approach, for example, uh, around meditation, mobility, medication management, what matters to you is a nice, easy way to to package and bundle evidence-based interventions and make it easier for folks to understand and implement. So I think the desire to simplify, it continues to be important. Because we're seeing diagnostic errors uh, certainly emerge as an area that's one of the next frontiers around patient safety. Education, training, and communication and tools necessary for diagnosis and implementing a treatment plan. We've taken important strides to improve outcomes, communication, teamwork, leadership, and integration within the health system. And certainly as much as we've seen progress, there's more work to be done. Uh, And I think the other area that's continuing to be important is technologies and its implications for quality and safety. As we use more technologies, we incorporate more into healthcare delivery, we have to be mindful of both cyber risk data that might be incorrect, malfunctions, and then, you know, thinking about the output of technology without putting it through the filter lens for whether it makes sense. So we've seen recently certainly how algorithms that are used for predicting risk or outcomes um, are biased. And so we need to be mindful and certainly our compassion, our empathy, our humanity will never not be needed in healthcare and improving quality and safety. And so I think it comes back to, you know, what Robin said is we've taken an oath as caregivers and uh, important for us to not only continue to, uh, deliver on that oath, but partner with hospital health system leaders and our patients, families, and communities to make the next twenty years even better.
1: The only other thing that I would that I would offer is in alignment with what Jay said about streamlining and making things less complex. A consistent, concise set of metrics is something that I know that quality and safety leaders across the country would you know feel very strongly that we need to continue the work in that vein and and that would help us focus our efforts in a more targeted way you know, to achieve better safety outcomes.
0: Right. Right. The IOM report and many other studies have noted the critical role of organizational culture in creating the right environment for safety to advance. You've been a chief nursing officer in a hospital. You work with an amazing group of chief nursing officers from across the country. How have you and your colleagues helped to create and sustain a culture of safety inside hospitals and health systems?
1: Well thank you for that question and I can tell you I do work with an amazing group of chief nursing officers. I think we you know we have scorecards, dashboards, you know we are driven by the data, but the most impact to our nurse leaders and to our clinical nurses is when we tell a story alongside of sharing the data so i would say that the story is the story here as nurses and as physicians we are all in it to improve the health of our patient our community so to hear about the consequences of our actions you know whether they be positive and most times you know we hope that's the case or if they're negative that really has you know telling that story has the most impact on nurses physicians and the rest of the team So, I think it's important for us to share patient stories, but it has most impact when the patients themselves tell their stories. Um, And in many healthcare organizations across the country, that is certainly part of the quality and safety committees where they do invite, you know, former patients in and families to share stories so they can learn. And it has a real big impact, and again, that word impact on our efforts, promoting safety and you know, rigorously examining where we can be improving. There are robust patient family advisory committees in many organizations and there's other stakeholder involvement opportunities and these are ways that healthcare leaders get close to the voice of the patient.
2: I would just add to uh, Robin's wonderful comments uh, a few more elements and, and double down on the notion that the voice of patients and families in care redesign and in quality and safety is critically important. And I, I think we're seeing really strengthening of patient family advisory committees. We're seeing those with lived experience really play an important role in, in informing improvements. And then the other two elements i say for now and in the future, is to achieve system safety, we must apply human factors engineering and design principles. And so we're seeing that continue to emerge. For example, Carillion and Jefferson are some examples, but around the country, they're testing and implementing those approaches, uh, given that the science of human factors focuses on understanding human capabilities and using this knowledge so that we make it easier to do the right thing. And then the other I would say is learning health systems where that part of what DARE is human inspired is a need for continuous learning and increased knowledge about quality and safety and, and continuing to create the design of a learning health system. And so encouraging voluntary reporting of errors and hazardous conditions a non-punitive environment for reporting shared responsibility and collaboration across teams and disciplines and establishing consistent reliable mechanisms for learning and and developing and implementing solutions from that learning to improve quality and safety.
0: Right. You know, so, so far, we've been talking at length about improving patient safety and the strides made in the last uh, two decades. But there is another another side to the coin, and that is the um, healthcare workforce safety. Well, I know you've both been active in efforts to improve that. So a two part question here. In what ways do you think healthcare worker safety and patient safety are related? And second, what are the next steps that should be taken to better ensure the safety of both patients and healthcare providers?
1: We can't look at patient safety in isolation of workforce safety. They are inextricably, you know, connected. So let's take infection prevention, for example. We use what is known as bundles to care for patients. And as most of um, healthcare is aware, a bundle is a structured way of improving the processes of care and patient outcomes. Usually three to five straightforward actions, they're evidence-based, that when performed collectively and reliably have been proven to improve patient outcomes. So adhering to the process steps in the bundle, for example, when we're taking care of a patient with a central line, this not only protects the healthcare worker, but also protects the patient from infection. So really it's very bi-directional. Another unfortunate issue, safety issue, both from a patient and a workforce perspective that is facing communities across the country is the prevalence of violence. So it is important for us to address workplace violence prevention um, and that really includes both for our patients and providers. I think that one thing missing is a consistent definition of the continuum of violence, everything from incivility to physical assault. And we aren't consistent in how we measure this. So um, HA has a very strong program, Hospitals Against Violence, where we are advancing this work. Uh, Healthcare leaders are identifying best practices for protecting our patients in the workforce and making sure that we are you know, we are publishing these best practices and sharing them and, you know, strategies for mitigating violence. You know, two more small examples that I can think of from this perspective. You know, you know, the question of should we be alerting the healthcare team through the electronic health record is one activity that we could be taking. And also, um, I don't know of any organization that does not have a plan Either already developed or underway around workforce and workplace workplace safety. So I think those are, you know, two ideas that um, we are seeing lots of work on as we look across the country. And um, I'm sure my colleague, Dr. Bott, has some additional thoughts in this area.
2: Right, thank you, Dr. Begley. I echo what Robin has shared, and I'll just add a couple other comments. I- Hospitals and health systems depend on compassionate, skilled, trained, and dedicated men and women to support and carry out the mission of caring for people, and as a result... We view the safety and well-being of hospital employees as a top priority and take that seriously to ensure a safe workplace, free of all forms of violence. And so this issue related to worker safety and workplace safety is critically important because if we don't have that, then we can't deliver on the care that our patients, families and communities deserve. And so we've taken on this issue and, and to support hospitals' efforts, develop tools and resources to help combat violence within the hospital and the community and we will continue to do more in this regard and over the last year have been involved in our collaboration with many uh, stakeholder organizations including government organizations working on quality and safety through the National Steering Committee for Patient Safety and in that conversation we've talked about uh, workplace violence prevention workplace safety and uh, I think that that coordination will continue to help advance this issue, and the interventions that Robin talked about um, are important uh, to continue to scale. The others are working on training the team that works at Austin's of health systems on verbal de-escalation, along with what to do in terms of active shooter security incidents, and doing that with some regularity. We're seeing that there's also the connection to resilience and well-being, that clinicians often are impacted as second victims because of the trauma that ensues as a result of an incident or a death. And so I think helping build the capabilities for, for continued resilience and well-being will help keep our caregivers prepared and um, alert in terms of situations that might turn into unfortunate incidents but actually be able to intervene early uh, and prevent them and so i think um, we're really excited about the work that we're doing in this area and and certainly more work to be done this is a really important focus for today and and into the future
0: thank you so much for your time today and sharing your your expertise with our advancing health listeners thank you my pleasure
2: thank you It's uh, my pleasure to be with you as well